Welcome to the podcast. We're best friends and we're also kind of brothers. But we're also monsters and we like to roll the dice. One of us is robot and the other one's an alien from outer space. Together we play the board games and of the human race because we're two monsters. Rolling Dice! Two Monsters Rolling Dice! Two Monsters Rolling Dice is filmed in front of a live studio audience. 25-ish, probably, when you got married? So, 13 years ago. Yeah. When in the year did you guys get married? Probably a fall wedding. Okay. Cool. October? Yeah. (laughs) Cool. October's been a big month so far for people. Has it? Oh, cool. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. October is also uh, when All Saints Day is the high holiday for the Church of the Way, the saint. Mm. I guess we should get this out of the way. How's Rico Bond's relationship with the saints? Uh, it's non-existent. <laughs> he hates the saints. Uh, he, he hates the notion of God. And he, I mean, because you have to remember, he grew up in a very different way than a lot of other people do. That You know what I mean? So he would see the church as a way of sh- like rich people shaking down the poor. Mm-hmm. Sure. Kind of saw it that it was the one thing about you and... Lee's relationship, yeah, uh, that wasn't perfect. Is that she was religious? She yeah. she was away, mm-hmm. and uh, she she kind of needed to get married in a church. Yeah, it was her idea <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's like, I don't I don't think we need to do this. <laughs> Says, you know, we have to for a lot of reasons. I don't know. It's hard to keep it legal if it ain't here. My dad will never let up about it. Dad ain't gonna ever let up about it anyway. He doesn't like me, you know that. Well, that don't matter. But if we do it here, he'll come. Listen, if this is what you need, that's fine. And she kisses you on the cheek. And you guys arrive. Little tiny little valley. Gray stone, like cobblestone church. Uneven rock, you know, like not Mm. like cut, but just like mortared rocks put together. And there's ivy growing up, like, over half of it. Cool steeple with a statue on top. And the ivy is, like, crawling up the side of it. It's a it's a temple of Vanya, the saint of mercy. And it is Lee's patron saint. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember the Church of the Way of the Saint overmuch. You've often played as an opponent to it, so the dogma hasn't mattered. <laughs> Church of the Way of the Saint is a celebration of a pantheon of saints that were all once mortal that ascended to godhood. And they are saints of various ways of life. Chastity and nobility and strength and honor and truth and guile and stories and history and everything. And so it goes that the All-Father and the All-Mother reached perfection and ascended into the night sky, became the first two stars in the void. After that, every mortal that ascended became a new star. At this point in Palmyra's night sky, it is a crazy stew of stars and nebula. And there could be more than one saint for the same thing. You know, if someone becomes that, then they just become another saint of that. There are, you know, sort of a church ranking of, you know, all the saints, power ranked. <laughs> but on top are the All-Mother and the All-Father. They are the Saint of Saints. And that is what October culminates in. So it's a time of rebirth and fitting for a wedding, for sure. So cool that you picked that. Yeah. Um, Vanya is the Saint of Mercy. At this point, there's been a reclamation in the church, and there's, they're all one church. They're not at war. Like, the different sects aren't at war with each other. Um, But the Saint of Mercy is one that does mission work and one that is all about charitable acts and forgiveness and kindness and exactly what we'd think. Mm -hmm. Vanya is also, she's seen also as, like, the Saint of Animals and Children to a lesser extent, but that too. And this is a church to her. And it is quiet and small and quaint. There's some old stained glass broken but that happens and she sees it and kind of seems perfect to me i just reach my arm around her and kind of give her a hug and it's just the two of you that have kind of come here before everyone to scope it out set up kind of behind the church up maybe on the hill there's a little cottage the rectory house can we go take a look of course and you guys go in and open up these big wooden doors there's crisscrossing beams of light coming in from the top, from the, you know, steeple top on the sides. 
And they're stained glass, so it's like all these different hues. Couple rows of pews, not many, you know, maybe six on each side. And then a sort of aisle of dark pillared hallway. And behind it is like this old pipe organ. Oh, cool. And she's like squeezes your hand when she sees it. I did find someone to play. I hope you don't mind. I don't mind at all. She elbows you. You better dance with me, you dummy. <laughs> I got two left feet. Well, I got two right ones. So together, we might make one competent dancer, huh? I'd give her a kiss. And you guys fuck right under the <laughs> statue. No. Um, and she looks and she's like, this is perfect. Mommy, daddy, my aunt and uncles. Scoping out who will sit on her side. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, uh... Well, you invited him, didn't you? Uh, I invited him. So who's coming? Just a couple old friends and uh, maybe a couple buddies from the war. I'd be very curious to meet them. You barely ever talk on it. You know I don't like talking on it. Well, maybe they will. I'll get a good idea of what 18-year-old Rico Bond was like, huh? Yeah, he would shake his head. That's what I'm afraid of. She laughs. Those other folks ain't coming, is they? What other folks do you mean? She gives you a look. I'm just joking. I know they're coming. <laughs> Is the whole gang coming, though? I mean, if they can sober up enough. Even even Mad Vlad? Great gun. Bit of a hothead. He was definitely in love with Lee. <laughs> and didn't ever stand it. It was a nothing. It wasn't like a triangle. It mm. was in his mind. Mad Vlad. I know you guys go way back, but I just... You didn't invite him, did you? I shake my head. No, I, I didn't invite him. I haven't seen him. We don't ride together no more. Well, it might be good to see some of those other dummies. Because she, like, knew your gang, and, I, you know, maybe she, through Vanya, patched you guys up or something. You know, like, I would imagine well, she, that's probably yeah, exactly like, how we met. We'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah. She's not a nun. She's a, she's a lay folk. You know, she's just a wayfinder. She probably patched us up more than once, and that's how she got to know everyone. And they were probably all sweet on her in the sense that they're little, like, they took care of her. You know what I mean? Yeah, she was yeah. around you guys' age and yeah. kind to you, and, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. everyone treated her well just to mm-hmm. have an ally. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Exactly right. This... She turns. This is going to be the day we never forget. I know I won't. And she hugs you. Mm. She says, I'm going to go get dressed up in the rectory house, okay? All right. When people come, my people. Get them situated, all right? All right. And my daddy will be here probably first, so. Oh, boy. Try to behave. I'll behave. If he does. And beneath Vanya's stony gaze, she kisses you goodbye. Folks start showing up one by one, and it's a pretty motley crew. Yeah. Her, her like more respectable folk, you know. Yeah, from around the town that are all like <laughs> like like legitimate good people. Square folk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Farmers, maybe some ranchers you've worked with and mm-hmm. more, but she set you up there. They're like her people. Yeah, I would imagine her side's like eighty strong and I've got like eight people on my side. <laughs> So, I mean, it's, got, it's, it's definitely one of those weddings. Yeah. Her pews are mostly full. There's kids. There's people from town. There's her family, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, you know, classic Vanya wayfinders mm-hmm. just cranking out the babies. Yeah. There are a few militiamen and women, uh, a couple of privates that you fought with. And then uh, um, an older, full, like, proper member of society, Captain Digby Sellers, who, despite your differences, probably is the officer you respect the most. Mm -hmm. He's one of the few survivors of the worst battle of the war, the Battle of Tacopal. And then three of your old gang members. And I'd I'd help them all, like, all of her side definitely get seated, be as polite and proper as I can be, turning the other cheek, trying to be a good man. I just thought of, because it's going to be so cute. I kind of want to have him create an aspect to see how nice his suit looks. Oh, for, for my guy? For you, yeah. Yeah. Out of some shed somewhere, you managed to have, like, in this sort of leather bag, kept this suit. And it is, it's a nice suit. What's it look like? Well, I mean, it's a wedding, so I, I think I would, it would be the classic, like, black and white but I could see myself wearing like a really deep blue, those old West like ties. Top hat? <sighs> Matt is not a top hat guy, but I think Rico Bond would be. Yeah, They're in style. So I think, I think he'd, he would definitely have a top hat. And with, again, with the deep blue. Yeah, this is it. like a matching. Yeah. Black and blue. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got a high, you look good. You're presenting good. You, you've put on a good face before. You can present. And you're, you know, walking ladies to their pews and greeting her family and seeing your people and those mixed emotions. So is the father still the first one in or does he actually delay? He delays. Okay. You do see he arrives at like in the middle, but he goes to the rectory house first. Okay. Follow him out the windows and then shake it off and just Mm -hmm. let him go. Glory, your bandit friend. She gives you a big bear hug. Oh, yeah. She's a dwarf. (laughs) Hug her back. How the hell are you? (sighs) 
I'm really good. I'm really good. Oh, you look so stupid. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like looked down at myself. She laughs. You keeping everyone under control? Oh, you know I am. You left the gang in good hands. And she winks. <laughs> I know I did. I don't. Just take it. And she gives you a purse. I, I'll take it. Yeah, no, it's got like a plus two in it. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's from everybody. Hey. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> hey. Don't worry. There'll be plenty of drinking afterwards. <laughs> and they're all like, I oh, look really. It's a little shaken. <laughs> oh, God, they're like the morning shakes. Yeah. <laughs> and they can see, like, they're shaven and they look as good as they can. They didn't get a plus four on their dress up. They're like a plus two. But they're wearing, you know. That's good. Yeah. They're yeah. out of their, like, trail clothes. Then what else can you ask for? You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're cognizant. Yeah, and they bathed yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it's good. I would be really honored. Rico Bond would be really honored by that, that they, they show up. They look good. They're respectful. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah. Your war buddies are a little less friendly. Mr. Talon, I'm glad that you reached out. I'm happy you could make it. This is Bill. Sure. We've been through a lot together, and I'm really happy you made it today. I wouldn't miss it. Me neither, Greta says. Give her a hug. (laughs) Rikobon. Staying out of trouble? Well, not completely. (laughs) <laughs> and she looks at the <laughs> statue of Vanya. <laughs> yep. Well, you always knew how to take that big first step, huh? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't know how else to do it. And sort of off to the side looming is uh, Captain Digby Sellers. He's tall, skinny, got like a big walrusy mustache. Nice. And he salutes. Might salute back. Captain. Private. I hope the trip wasn't too difficult getting up here. A little hard to find, but I had to see it. It's a little, uh, little backcountry, but it's home. Worth fighting for. Worth fighting for. Being like a, uh, a thing, like a thing that we probably had said as like a platoon or something. Like. Yeah. The last person to kind of come near is Reginald, Lee's father. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's their family name? Uh, <laughs> Yoko Ono. <laughs> <laughs> Fabian. When he approaches, I, I greet him, sir. Mr. Talon, before this circus starts, I'd like a word with you outside. All right. Steps outside with you. Okay. I'd start to take a cigarette out. He smacks it out of your hand. You know how I feel about you and about all of this. I think that Lee is throwing her life away on you, and you're making her do it. I think she can do better than some low-life Viennese who has blood on his hands, who has openly turned to banditry when he cannot afford what he wants. I know you will be the death of her, Mr. Talon, so I will give you one chance to do the honorable thing. And he pulls out a billfold and opens it up. Name your price, and all of this will go away. And he's going to make you start a contest. Okay. Contest! I don't know if you remember these. We both roll. High dice gets a point. First to three points wins. Okay. This sort of spares us having to argue. Oh, Creates a mini game out of this debate. And then we get to pick how the scene... Okay, gotcha. Yep, whoever wins kind of... And we'll be doing this using guns? <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the rule book. <laughs> the judge is saying no. <laughs> He's going to roll plus two. And we're off. Ooh, tie. There's an interesting twist. An aspect is created. Unwanted drama. Unwanted drama. I like it. And then we roll again. Holy shit, man. <laughs> Negative two. <laughs> yeah, and you got a three. So you succeed with style. That's two points. Yeah. You know, he starts enumerating all of the various ways in which he th- knows that you're not good enough for his daughter, and you silence it by pointing out that she chose you. Yeah. And then he switches tack. He's going to go with finance now for his fi- for this role, and he's got Oof. a plus three there. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> it's a lot of money. Yeah, he he's came at me hard. He- the aspect will be, that's a lot of money. He appeals again off personality, though. I think I am going to use a fate point on um, the unwanted drama, and I'll use I'll use that. That puts you at six and him at five? Yep. You win the contest. And so I kind of, like, I, I see this going down, us like, us getting angry, you know, and, and, and kind of having that quiet, like, well, you shouldn't, you know, like, trying to keep our voices down, but, like, clearly we're both very angry. As we go back and forth, and he tries to bribe me, and, and then eventually I would just, like, let it roll off, and then I would bend down, I'd pick up the cigarette that he knocked on the ground, and I'd be like, you don't, you don't got to convince me that she's better than me. She's better than everyone I've ever met. 
And you don't gotta convince me that I'm not a great person, but I'm trying. I am trying every day and she makes me better. She chose me and I love her and I'll do everything I can to keep her safe. You gotta understand that. And no amount of money that you're gonna wave in my face is gonna change that. And if that doesn't convince you, I don't know what else to say to you. His face is a clutter of emotions. And all he says is, you better pray to Vanya that you're right. And he turns and like stands in front of the door to the chapel and moves back to you, like takes a deep breath and kind of composes himself and opens the door and like gestures you in. I would nod and I'd, I'd walk in. You can see he's like, you know, not happy about it, but he's doing what he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like what the, the father of the bride is supposed to do is let you in. No, the ceremony. The organ starts up. It's a little reedy, you know, but it's also, it hits you that night. Yeah. They're playing Vanya's wedding march. And the doors open, and a couple of children come in, and they're jumping around and throwing flower petals all over the place, like onto the people. Mm -hmm. And um, Lee comes in, and she is a vision of another world. Got flowers braided into her hair. It's done up. Princess Leia style. She's got a, a beautiful cream lace dress. The, you know, the music is playing, and you guys stand up in the altar. The teller of Vanya here is an older woman, and she starts Vega rites that she's reading in, in the Vega tongue, and there's incense, and the organ plays, you know, different versions of different songs. And the sun sets during the ceremony, and the chapel glows with the light. Her family doesn't interfere at all. You know, at one point you glance back and many of them don't look happy. Some of them are, (laughs) you know, it's beautiful, sobbing and wiping tears away and clutching each other and the kids are bored. And the last thing, the the teller, you know, you put your hands together after giving each other the rings and putting them on. And they, they sort of take this red ribbon that has like a gold stitching along it and they tie it around your hands and then says, Under Vanya's merciful gaze, you may kiss as husband and wife. And she turns you towards the crowd. And you kiss. And there's applause and uh, you know, the wedding march mm-hmm. swells. And you, you know, go down the aisle and the, the kids are following in front of you, throwing more flower petals and the music's swelling. And uh, her father, you know, leans in and just as you're passing is like, it's not over. And you guys go outside, you know, you, you're the first ones out, you open it up into the dusk light. And standing outside is Mad Vlad. Mad Vlad. And he's drunk. And he's drunk. Oh, yeah. And he points. And he says, Lee, it's not too late. You can do the right thing. I, I love you, girl. I love you. Vlad. Falls to Vlad. His and and she I- says, hold on now. And turns to you. I'll handle this, fool. And she kind of stomps up to him. And it's like, now you listen here, you low-life piece of shit. I never loved you. I never said I loved you. I never laid a hand on you, and I never will. You were the only one who wasn't invited. So you need to get up and go. She turns back and walks and <laughs> takes your arm again. And I would give a look to, like, my, my, my posse, my ex-posse, and i just kind of be like, take care of that you know kind of that kind of a look you know Mm -hmm. and they give you the nod like all right he's hasn't ridden with the gang like he's you know and he's like well then i'll kill you both and he draws so the scene comes to this what's rico bond do uh i mean rico bond's not carrying he wouldn't have a piece on him he would instinctively grab his wife and cover her up and take the bullet. And a series of shots ring out. Mad Vlad shoots, and you're hit. And your gang shoots back, and Mad Vlad is blown to smithereens. And they're just, like, happily doing this. And you kind of fall, and she's like, Ricobot, did he hit you? Are you hit? And we'll say, yes, you took a severe consequence. Okay. Shot through the back. (laughs) And Vlad's to blame. <laughs> no, but she says, are you, are you hit? Like in the back. Went through the back, and I'd open up my shirt coat, and it'd probably be swelling up with blood. I think maybe a bit. 
And she says, Vanya, I've spent my whole life dedicated to your cause. You owe me one. And she makes a medicine check. So it's 12 years later. The war's been over for 10. Teller, just Crawford, has his own congregation in the bustling city of Yara. Question, how old was Castle? Sorry to interrupt, but how old was Castle? Then? Yeah. Uh, in his 50s. Okay, because I, I, I was thinking maybe he's dead and I got his book of Morrigan. I like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. So yeah, you guys would have stayed together. You you know, he would have been there as a sort of mentor figure and put in word for you and helped get you this and then stayed in touch with you and yeah. mentored you that way. Sure. So yes, you have his Bible. And it is the city of Viara, the biggest city in Vega. It is home to over 5 million souls. It's as big a place as there is basically in the world. And you receive a telegram from your superior, Keeper Julius. Uh, he is a keeper of the way of Morgan, kind of like a cardinal. Yeah, and I, I think we had talked before that Just was up for promotion to keeper, but mm -hmm. he turned it down because he just enjoys working with the people. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what he likes. Julius has a pristine reputation, but he is not like to have dirty hands. He likes being on top of it. It's not common for him to send you a telegram while you're in town. It means it is urgent, and wherever you are, he needs you immediately, before you even read it. That's, like, always what it means when you get this. And the PTC Telegraph finds you. I, I think I would be performing forgiveness for someone in my office, like someone's in there confessing to me, and I'm, it's all right. Listen, if there's one thing I've learned in my life, my dear, we all have dirty hands, and sometimes we've got to keep a clean conscience about it. <laughs> I just, I, I can't thank you enough. This is like as you're walking out of the office. The it's all right. Morgan forgives everybody. Go find some justice today, all right? That'll make you feel better. I will. That's good on you, and we'll see you back next week, all right? Thank you, Teller. It feels so good to, to have this stain off my soul. That's what we're here for. And the PTC telegram man is standing like a statue outside your door. What says, the hell do you want? Telegram for Just Crawford. I'll, I'll sit down at my desk and uh, open up the letter. Uh, Probably pour a drink, because I know whatever the letter says is not going to be like to my liking. Yeah. Urgent dispatch. Dash. Assignment. Stop. Needed. Back at home. Stop. Home is how most tellers refer to their cathedral. All right. A dire crime has been committed. Stop. Dire. Oh, I'm sure this is dire world ending. And I feel in that moment, he might have a slight vision back to the Fennec family. Like them, like dire crimes. And then he pauses a moment and thinks about that man being shot in the back of the head. All right, then I'll straighten up my white, pristine, crisp suit that I'm wearing. French cuffs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. And as I, as I go to leave the door, I'll tap the book on my side, which is connected by a gold chain to my belt. Awesome. <laughs> I kind of, almost pictured it like in like a kind of metal kind of like frame holder. Yeah. It's like, like a locking chain over the top yep. to like pull it out. Yeah, like the most preserved, secure way that I can keep this book on myself. While still displaying. Well, of course. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah. I guess we should, I mean, we should address this elephant. Um, this book is old. Yes. At least a thousand years. It has been preserved as well as it can be, but it is old, and some of the pages are showing it. That's a part of it, though. It's like it, like those heirloom tea sets that would like get a crack in it, and that would like make it more precious almost. Yeah, yep. And it is one of those old illuminated manuscripts, etched with gold, and in full-size illustrations, all these different depictions of Morrigan through the ages... And it does have a smell. It has, like, that super old, like, papyrus book smell. Yeah, probably you reminds know. me of Castle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you come downstairs from your office, which is above, and you kind of come down the back staircase, and then come out through the apse in the back, through the altar, out into the actual cathedral. And this is, like, a gothic church 
style, right? There's gray statuary of Morrigan, who's often depicted as a bald man with a large black spade-shaped beard clad in sort of a knight's armor. Mm-hmm. And in one hand, he has like a huge sword, usually going down to the ground, and in the other, he has a scales. There are other times, as with all the saints, where he is haloed and winged. And you come down, and you know, there's statues on the sides, and you kind of walk under your pulpit, which is raised, and you see it without even needing to make uh, an awareness check. The shrine to Morrigan has been defaced. And you look at it, and it has been painted a few different various colors, and the scales of justice-bearing arm has been broken off and thrown at its feet. Is there anyone around? There are... Three men who have clearly been detained by two of the other seekers of the way, who are acolytes, monks, sort of that, your cronies. Their names are Tarragon and Ablius, and they have apprehended these three men. And Tarragon sees you and bows to you. Tell her, I'm glad that you've come. The Keeper wasn't sure where you were. I, I tried to tell him you were probably in your office, but you know how Julius is. I know how Julius is. Calm down. Are these the ones that did this? Well, these are the only three that were here. They were clearly trying to escape, but we called out in the name of Morrigan, and something was left of their good sense. They froze in their tracks. Now, we surely have... in a place like this, when you call upon Morrigan, he shall answer. And whenever I say that, I'm looking at the people, like, bound up. Uh, okay, yeah, you see two middle-aged guys that look similar to each other, and a younger, half their age, maybe 15-year-old. You boys do this? You deface this statue, and I'm looking at the younger one, not the two older ones. Tarragon leans in and says, their answers were, well, we couldn't make sense of them. What'd they say? Go on, tell them, Abilia says. I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. The younger man says, I, I'm so, I don't even know why I'm here. And then the older guy says, I did it. And then the other guy says, he's lying, I did it. All right, so we got some uh, not only vandalizers here, but it looks like we have some comedians as well. One of them is like, I ain't being funny. Fuck Morrigan. Fuck all of you priests. You're all the same. Uh, And the other one, probably his brother or something, is like, he's a follower of Morrigan. Don't listen to him. He didn't do it. I did it. I did it, okay? These guys just let him go. I'm the one that did it. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to look into this a bit further... But since we're here in Morgan's chapel in front of a defaced Morgan statue, perhaps we should turn to the good book of Morgan itself to find our answers. Ah, oh, spare me, the other one says. And I'll, like, run my hand along the metal of, like, the bookcase. Uh, and I'll pull it out and start reading from it. And I would like to use my stunt, The Fear of the Saints, uh, where I can, when sermonizing, I can make mental attacks and create detrimental mental-based aspects uh, using hope in place of ego. Yeah, he would call on Morrigan to try and sort this out. <laughs> and then he came down from his mountain with the sword in hand. And at this point, Morgan did not have his beard, for he was fresh of face. And this allowed him to view past people in their flesh and see the souls for what they are. Who are you aiming this at? Because, you know, the mechanics-wise, like you're attacking sure. one of them. They're not mobbed up. Yeah, yeah. I-, I would say the older one that was like, fuck Morgan. The one that was like... For me, I'm, I'm trying to find truth here. Uh, that also insulted me. But just is not one to show when he's angry. He will do it in the most passive-aggressive way that he possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> So he, like, says, you know, screw Morgan, I hate Morgan. And so I'm like, well, fine, maybe we'll turn to the book and see what it has to say. (laughs) As you're going, you can see he's like a bead of sweat. And his eyes, as you're talking about carrying the sword, his eyes, like, go to the statue. They have a a strange look in them for somebody who's supposedly just vandalized it, you know. And then give me an awareness check real quick. Just a a quick little awareness check. Just a little awareness. (laughs) Perfect. And so you can tell he's lying and he drops. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, I mean, I'll ask him for the truth. If he drops, yeah, if he drops, I'm going to ask him for the truth. And I mean, you know, in Just's mind now, he's thinking like, when you get the book out, they always break. <laughs> he's broken. <laughs> yeah. I can't give this to you that easily, but he says, sure. the yeah. truth is, the truth is, the truth is, the other guy says, he is a devout follower of Morgan. He did not do this. All right. I did. All right. Just arrest me. What are you gonna do? Break my break my thumbs or, or put me to work in a mine? Fine, I'll do it. Give me another awareness, Jack. 
Oh, that was not, not as good. It seems like he's telling the truth. All right. Well, you know, I, I, I can see your friend here is a follower of the way. I hate to see someone as young as yourself be put up like this, but... And I'll signal to the, the two people. I think this is the one we got. He says, thank you. And he looks over at the younger kid and just kind of gives him a nod. See, I think Justin in this moment would... Like, he's come to appreciate this kind of justice, right? Like, I'm, I'm doing it for, for someone else. Do you make your call or do you interrogate the third prisoner? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put the book away and kneel down in front of him. We haven't got to hear from you yet, son. Why don't you tell me what happened here, right? I just want to go home. Well, we can make that happen, but I just need to know. And I'll put my hand on his shoulder. <laughs> and he, like, flinches back. It's all right. Like, it's all right. We're in the house of Morgan. There ain't no harm going to come to you here. Come on, man. Just leave him alone, the other one says. You know what Morgan says about good children, right? That, that they are judged with one eye closed. That's right. And Morgan always spares the sword for children. Give me a... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is a personality check. You're trying to convince yeah. him. Yep. I got negative two. All right. <laughs> I got a zero, but good enough here. <laughs> he says, my, my Uncle James didn't do it. It was me. I, I'm sorry. I overheard the two of them talking about how the church has been losing traction and how they thought that was a good thing. And I thought that is, I was just trying to, and they came here to try and stop me and it was already too late. Please don't arrest my uncle. Okay. And please don't arrest my dad. I, it was me. And he's like, don't listen to him. You just need to calm down. That really kind of does tie in here. You've figured it out, but the Acolytes didn't hear it, and they come up, and they're like, who would you like us to arrest, sir? What does Just do? See, I feel in this moment now, uh, he would not have anyone arrested. I think he would I think he would let the boy go, um, but he would take him aside, the, the younger boy. Now, here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to turn you in, but... What are you going to do to me? I'm not going to do anything to you, but... We can always use faithful acolytes around the church. Let's just say you owe me a favor. A favor? What do you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, uh, sure, yeah. I'm a pretty high up teller here, and anytime I want, I can call in an arrest for you for vandalizing this. I'll, I'll be good. I won't do it again. I swear. I, I've learned my lesson, Teller Crawford. I, I swear I have. Do I believe him? Give me a, uh, an awareness check. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he. I think in this instance, he would value having someone that he could call in a favor with. And they're stunned. The other guys, his dad and his uncle. His dad is sort of stammering. He's like, I, I, I'll, I'll pay for the statue. Well, that's without saying. I own a store, a textile store. I, I'll bring the money today. You'll pay to have it fixed. I will. And we'll see all three of you in here regularly, generously. And I'll, I'll make it clear, like, <laughs> we expect, like... Yeah. Good donations yeah. from you, you know. The tacit community service has been enforced. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they, the father and son, leave. I like how you did that without even getting their names. <laughs> um, and the other guy stops. He says, you know, maybe I got you to tell us wrong. That, that was a good thing. Thank you. Well, it wasn't me. It was Morgan. He seeks justice. And when you look at a situation like this... I think we can all find justice in what has happened here. And as Morgan often tells us, what is broken can be renewed better than what it was before. I don't know. Maybe there's something there after all. I think there is. Well, see you on Sunday, Teller. See you on Sunday. Our second scene <laughs> takes place 12 years later. You... And your daughter, whose name is... Nellie. You're taking her to live with your... Sister-in-law, Annabelle. Annabelle. Fabian. More and more through Nellie's four <laughs> years of age. You've been bringing her here. Leaving her here. Yeah, leaving her. Definitely. And you're coming with her... One more time. And drunk. So you can have that aspect, I think. That's yeah. fair. You got a free use on there. Okay. <laughs> you're feeling it. And you're, how, how are you getting to Annabelle's house? She has like a modest house sort of out of town. You know, she lives out in, in the outskirts, I, mean, I think. of. A we'd ride. City. Okay, just okay. the two of you on a horse? Yeah, absolutely. Well, give me a ride check. Oh here. my Holy God. <laughs> no, this is perfect in every way. You guys are, are going and you're on roads, main roads for a good portion of the time. And at this point, it's a ride you make multiple times a year and you're pretty good at autopiloting it. Um, but maybe not as good as you think. And you kind of cut off the main road onto this avenue 
the trees and you come in pretty hot and you come in on the wrong side of the avenue and there's a carriage coming and you swerve and kind of jump through these cherry trees that are in the middle. You come down on the other side, but you don't land well at all. And you and Nelly fall off the horse. There's six stress coming to the two of you. I'll give you the reins on, on how it's distributed. I would burn a fate point and do true grit and just, I'd catch her and just take all of it. You've and, fallen off horses before? Yeah. You've been, and uh, I've fallen off horses drunk before. So, <laughs> shit, I've fallen off horses with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so you hit the deck hard. This ain't new. Yeah, but you catch her midair and you roll with her and you come to a sort of skidding halt and your horse is jumping and jittering with a negative two and runs a good deal of the way down the avenue before it comes to a halt sort of off the road. And Nellie's laughing in your arms. <laughs> that was fun, Dad. Yeah, fun. And, and to Rickabon, that would be such a wake-up call that this is the right thing, that what he's about to do this day is the right thing. Like, he is not safe for her kind of take the seriousness out of my tone and be like, yeah, that was fun, wasn't it? We went flipping! We sure did. Help help your old daddy up. <laughs> you, you got know, me. You got me. Four <laughs> years old. Yeah. <laughs> I play along. Like, Man, you're getting strong. Just like you, daddy. Just like me. You guys get the horse. Takes a little while, but you catch it. Kind of get back up. You know, no, no lasting damage, but like you said. Yeah, I think the, the hallmarks of a drunk who's fallen off his horse would be visible. You, you know, shakily and slowly make your way to her house. She's off this avenue through some back, you know, roads there. Waist high stone fences with moss growing on them. Has this house comfortable? You know, I kind of pictured like a yellow stone, like modest gardens, very pastoral. Mm-hmm. And you kind of come riding up, and you know she has a carriage house too, and you can see she owns two horses and blah blah blah. There's signs she's she's doing fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I would just tie the horse up out front, not planning on staying long. And Nellie's like, "We're here." That's right. And she goes running ahead, bounds like inside the house. <laughs> and you can hear shouting out like, Auntie, Auntie, where are you? I'm in the parlor. Mm. I, uh, did you come alone? I'm She's, here. And you come yeah. in the house. Yeah, let's slowly come into the house, yeah. And she steps out into the main hall and sees you and looks you up and down and her face sours. Yeah. She looks Nelly up and down. How was your ride, little one? It was fun. Daddy took us flipping. And I'd, I'd scratch the back of my brain like, oh, shit. And, you know, Annabelle just shoots daggers at you, yeah. like looking up. Well, that sounds fun. I'd look down in shame. It's nice to see that we're past even giving me notice now. Yeah. Well, would you like some coffee? You look like you need it. I don't plan on staying that long. But she does, I'm sure. Yeah. About that. Why don't you go play in the parlor, honey? I have a new piano. A new piano! And she... I'd look down. I'd be ashamed. But I would... You know, Rickabon would look down. I think she makes a mental attack with that. I think that's fair. I think that all tracks. Yes, you take two mental stress. Take that on the chin for sure, yeah. Look, Annabelle. I think we both know that I'm not good for her. Something's come up. There's a, uh, there's work out in, uh, he'd look away, almost like looking for a quick exit, you know? <laughs> but then he'd, like, look back and be like, have you heard of Khan? And she's taken aback for a moment. The new world. Yeah. So you just mean to sail away. And what, Mr. Talon? Send for your daughter later? I'd look up, not give an answer but the answer would be no that would be the look I would give her I'll just the eyes completely sad there's you know defeat in them I don't think she has too much more to say to you but she does kind of get in close and say Lee would be ashamed of you and he would look down at that and as she turns away he'd say I know that's why I'm not gonna be around her 
and she stops and takes a breath. You'll send money. Of course. Well then, go play Frontiersman. Then I'd nod and I'd turn slowly. I think Rico Bond would, for a second, would go, I'm going to go say goodbye to her, or at least go see her. And then he's, he would just chicken out. And he would, like, turn. Yeah, you hear her playing the piano badly. Yeah, he would just turn and walk out quickly. <laughs> Probably tearing up. Yeah, good news, you hear hmm. Annabelle say as you leave the house. <laughs> and you go outside and you're untying your horse and get on and start to go away. And you pass by the side of the house and there, there are windows okay. into the parlor where they're at. And you do see her. And she's jumping around, playing in the sunlight. And you see Annabelle. All right, now, come here. I have something very special for you. This, and out of a small felt bag, she pulls a music box. This belonged to your mother, and she wanted you to have it. Now, I know you never got a chance to meet her, but this is a part of her. And now it can be a part of you, too. Can I play it? Whenever you want. Trying not to fucking barf all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool. Harlow. Harlow spewed water just fully down. I was coughing and then tried to wash it down and then uh, started laughing while I was swallowing and then it was like burping like like water. We got some good sound clips, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to put that up on my OnlyFans page. It's going to be fucking (laughs) bestseller. I feel like we made eye contact as the water just poured out of your mouth. Uh, I was trying not to, but then I was just like super <laughs> flexing. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, our third scene. Chanterelle haunts and captures her second special pet. It is 16 years after the death of Billis. The family business has disintegrated, but that's a different story for another day. You're kind of on your own, and you have been for some time now. But the good news is, is that you've got a job. There's always work to do for the PTC. And the word has gone around a lot of the outposts and villages that you resupply in that the PTC has put a very hardy price on the capture of rare animals, specifically dinosaurs, specifically, specifically pterodactyls. Yeah, I think Chanterelle kind of, you know, walking through town to collect on another job for the PTC. She sees that they are paying a high price for these pterodactyls. As you're going through, you see uh, an an old lifer, they call him. Somebody who's worked for the PTC since recorded time. (laughs) He's sort of sitting stooped outside of this trade house, playing the guitar. He's always playing the guitar, trying, singing very reedy, nasty voice. Been playing for years. Still sucks. Howdy, Miss Burdock. Hey, Lou. How's it going? Well, you know, seen bad days, seen good ones. Sure. Ain't we all? Some better than others. What brings you around the post? Turning in a job. Looking for another one. You know how it goes. You've been a busy little worker lately. Just trying to make a dent. You know how it is. He laughs. You better watch out or they'll turn you into a laugher like me. I don't know when laughter starts, but it's been uh, 12 years. Well, I expect you're well on your way then, huh? Guess so. Hoping to change that, though. What was that I saw about a special reward for uh, collecting pterodactyl? Well, PTC's put out a special call. I guess they got some sort of project they're trying to brew in the Stoutlands. Something about the eggs. But they're looking for pterodactyls. Any kind. 
They're paying plus four finance extras on that too to get it out. That's a good payout for one creature if you ask me. Keep the family fed? Half a year. I don't need no family to feed, but that could take a couple years off what I got with them. <laughs> Taps the side of his nose. Always on the move. Such a busy little worker. <laughs> he picks his guitar up. And, you know, you go in and talk to your contact. He's a, a manager by the name of... Also Lou. Everyone is named <laughs> Lou. His name is Lucius Lulu. <laughs> no, his name is Gaius Terius. He's paying you out, and it's... Of course, there are the new imposed tax and the resupply costs of your stop in the outpost in the Northern Territories, and so uh, your payout is a plus one. <laughs> a good payout promise. You get an average pay after they're like, and our share. Yeah, I think uh, I kind of look down at it, uh, and then I look back at him, and I push it forward, and I'm like, just tally it up with the rest of my debt. Well, I suppose then you're looking to... Add something more to the tally, huh? You've always been quite hungry in that sense. To, to not be an indentured servant? Yes, that is my ultimate goal. <clears throat> I think I've told you enough times we don't use the I-S words. Excuse me. You are an employee of the PT. Sure, an employee in a non-consensual sense. Oh, I could be happy to show you the paperwork where you signed. What's the next thing? And he lays out a few different options for you, but the one that grabs your eye is definitely the capture of rare dinosaurs, specifically pterodactyls. I think we can say maybe this jumps out to you because a hunt maybe or for this job you were doing, you also happen you found like a pterodactyl sort of breeding ground or whatever. Yeah. I think I'll take a look at this one, try my chances. This is there an elusive quarry, but you've done more with less, I suppose. Your father would be quite proud of the work you have done. You know, you should consider a future branching out. There's much work you could do for us in the new world. I told you I don't want to do that kind of work. Of course. Says, I suppose in the meantime you can pay us back pelt by pelt. That's the plan, Mr. Gaius. And he, you know, marks on your world map with a quest objectivist. <laughs> Perfect. He shows you the payout will be a plus four. I grab the paper and I'm out. Okay. This is a small outpost. This is a general supply, sort of resupply place. Maybe like a tool store or something like that, ammo store. Mm-hmm. Not too much else. What do you do? Where do you go? Like, how do you how do you go about the hunt? Yeah, well, uh, I will uh, restock on ammo. Okay. I don't know if I have to take financial stress for that. You guys do totally. have to resupply and you do have to pay for it. And since we're not tracking money, folks, financial stress. I have a minus one in finance for a grand total of minus five. Oh my god. The price is exorbitant here. What what the hell is this? I didn't get no ammo to trade and you want to buy, you're gonna have to pay as a lot of people want this ammo. Listen. This is a hustle in that these outposts, these smaller places like this. I'll make my own damn ammo. I don't need this. Are you kidding me? I've been buying from here for a couple weeks at least. I guess you gotta be in here a couple weeks more if you want to get a better price on the ammo. I got—I don't know what to tell you. I ain't never coming back here. All right then. Don't let the door hit you where the good saints split you. Like, I kick the door off the hinges. Fuck yes. Yeah, he goes, don't let the door hit you on the way out. And I go, I won't. <laughs> I just kick it off the hinges. And it blasts into the street. He's like, well, saints be damned. Now, who's going to pay for that? Okay, so here, I think just to sort of honor this scene, I think I'm going to give you an aspect that's called limited ammo. Yeah, totally. And we're just going to kind of let that hang. And uh, I'll compel that as I need to. Like I said, you have some idea of where you could look. How do you think you go about this hunt? I think Chanterelle's plan is to uh, maybe bait one uh, while it's awake. Um, during the day. So I would like to uh, go uh, stop at my uh, camp setup, uh, pick up some fishing gear, and also Stomp's McGillicuddy. All right. Pet Bison. He's going to carry all my supplies. He's kind of kicking. Uh, you see him kind of like... Hey, buddy. How's it going? He's clomping his 
feet and looking to stomp. Aw, oh, you ain't never had to pay for any ammo, have you, Stomps? You can see the tree you tied him to. He's been headbutting. <laughs> Good work, buddy. He's he's ready, willing. You you sort of suit up and, and go out to start the fishing minigame, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, we're going to head to the creek. This is cool. This is going to be a contest. Cool. Yeah. You are going to be rolling against the nature skill of the area that you are in. This is fairly tame land, but you are in the wilderness part of it. I will be rolling at a plus two. Ooh. <laughs> you have like a big fight with a good fish that's in there. And big he fucking Billy. snaps the line, I think. So you catch big fish and then big fish break line. No. You have like another hook you can tie on, but it's like, oh, you. And that's the aspect created is the one that got away. And we roll again. What do you roll with? Awareness. I'm waiting to see that little movement. I got a four. All right, so you get a point. I think you catch some, but you know they're not going to be quite big enough. So you know you're, you're on the right track, but you get a point. All right. What you got? Been wait on in there. All right. Do some fish wrestling. <laughs> nice. Athletic. Hell yes. Stop rolling high. It's fine. I got a four. I'm going to boost it. I am a full blood Ema elf tracker. You get in there close your eyes and there is big fish and he's back and it swims between your legs and you dive down there and you guys are wrestling bring him up and sling him over your shoulder and kind of smash him down on a rock mm-hmm. and he flops and flips and floops this is like a big ass fish and you're like this this will do and you get two points because you succeeded with style and you win the contest Woo. you beat the portico strand right i hope everyone enjoyed the fishing mini game yeah tell us yeah like and subscribe <laughs> so I can tell you what I'd like to do next. Hit me. Um, I'd like to take this big fish and kind of rig up a trap. Okay. The fish is going to be like connected to some rope and then there's like some branches and like basically it's designed so that uh, once it steps into this area to grab the fish, it's going to get uh, like netted, like its wings are going to get uh, like. Uh, I assume what you're trying to do here is activate your stunt. I would love to do that if possible. Improvised trailcraft? Yes. Cool. And you uh, create the aspect makeshift Rube Goldberg yes, coyote. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Trap, yeah. Marbles <laughs> yeah. hitting dominoes. Yeah, like the rooster thing cracks uh-huh. and hangs. <laughs> you got a trailcraft check of? A four. Okay. You build this trap. It's a great trap. doesn't take you an obscene amount of time. I'm also, I imagine the shape is pretty similar to giant eagles, with which I am quite familiar. Mm-hmm. So, you're waiting, and it takes a minute, but eventually you see some, like, shadows overhead. There's a nice-sized one, but it still looks like it's juvenile, but even for a juvenile, it's, it's going to be, like, a it's gonna be a hardy, hardy little dactyl. Um, and it sort of swoops overhead. And he comes swooping in and lands on the ground and is clacking its little clacker. I turn to Stomps, and I'm like, shh. It's like, nods in the the pterodactyl kind of looks over at you, but it doesn't seem to see you. Mm-hmm. And then it, with its clacker, sort of hops closer, hops forward and hops backwards really quick. So it triggers the trap, and the trap goes off, and then he kind of scoops up this big fish and flies away with it. Wow. Smart little fucker, huh? Yeah, you pick up on its stunt. This, this little pterodactyl is smarter than it looks. This ain't over. And it flies up to a tree and kind of like eats big fish in one bite, kind of looks back at you and is like, clack, 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 dead eyes, and then just like flies away. Can I, as it's in the tree, can I try to lasso it like we did with the eagles back in the good old days? Give me a rope. Rope, 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 check. I mean, you <laughs> quick draw like, ah. Yeah. You have a lariat at the ready and you kind of throw it up, but it's it's not long enough. You're Fuck. It's almost like, like laughs almost and flies away. I try to track it in the sky as far as I can. You track it in the sky visually, and you make your way in that direction, and you get your own sort of advantage at one point, kind of climb up in a tree and get a better view, and you can see where it's landed in this sort of nestled-in, almost depressed area on top of a hill. You're just kind of sitting there kind of throwing tiny rocks around like it's looking for something. What you do? I think at this point I would actually like to wait until this thing falls asleep. I would like to follow it through the dawn then. Cool. Yeah. And you do this. You follow it. It kind of stays here for a little while. And then it sort of just suddenly takes off. And you follow it through these trees. And you're going, you know, over these kind of big chunks of rock blasting out through the green. Climbing up really fast. You are on this thing like it's no question. 
Right. You, you're climbing it up these these rockier and rockier hills that there's like these tinier waterfalls cascading down, and you get to the top and you see that this bigger river sort of turned into these smaller creeks that are cascading down this cliff face, and you get to the top and you see him up there. And you're waiting, and you're watching, and sitting here chasing something, and it's kind of clacking up these smaller fish, but it's not satisfied. It's still sort of hunting in this. It's not quite a river, but it's like a little stream. Mm-hmm. And you see it. The pterodactyl doesn't see you. Also tracking it. An angry grizzly bear. Yeah. Coming sort of stalking this this bad boy, you see a kind of grizzly bear slowly plodding up. And it goes for it. Coming out of this sort of copse of trees nearby, and it is going for this pterodactyl. What does Chanterelle do? Shit, shit, shit. I need you alive. I'm going to take out my rifle. Okay. Then I got a plus three. You shoot at this thing, and it marks its three stress box. And it kind of rears up, and your shot rings out, and the bullet squibs off the rocks in between the bear and the pterodactyl. And the bear runs away, scared. And the pterodactyl kind of looks towards you and kind of clacks. And there's like a moment, and it flies away. Oh, damn it. All right, fine. Flies away again, huh? Mm -hmm. All right, come on, stomps. It's taking longer than we wanted, but it's still worth it if we can get them in the next couple days. And you turn and... Don't realize, but Stomps is like poking out from behind a tree like this. The bear it's okay, thing. buddy. It's gone. They're there. Okay, you mount up and, and the sun is starting to go down, but that does not deter you. No. Stomps maybe gets a little more hesitant, but you you and him also, he, he trusts your guidance. He's learned to know that you don't steer him wrong in the dark. And you follow it around and you wind up finding the pterodactyl again. And it's sort of up in this tree and it's kind of like caws at you almost as you come into this clearing. And Stomps starts getting a little rowdy, which is a little uncharacteristic for him. And he goes bucking. Yeah. Oh, stop, stop it. Hanging on as he's, you know, jumping around. Not necessarily trying to throw you, but just like doing a weird kind of panic dance. Yeah. And then he bum rushes this rock and headbutts it. And you topple over the top of the rock and panic and tumble. Yeah, okay. With just a zero, you don't take any stress, but you do get dismounted and he kind of shaking his head dazed he gets you see as the temporary situation aspect dazed from his headbutt charge oh i'm sorry buddy i know that bear spooked you earlier and he's hopping and you're trying to calm him down and then just out of (laughs) busting through the trees the grizzly bear's back because you did not see him come and he jumps down sort of on top of you lands on you that is a minus three so i got a five so you take eight stress I have a four box that I can check, which means I will also take a moderate consequence. Okay. And this thing lands on you, and it knocks the breath out of you. Um, And you feel its rear claw lands on your thigh, and they dig in. A deep gash, we'll call it. Blood goes and... Stomps, run! Stomps, runs. (laughs) Uh, And the bear turns to you, and it roars at you. What do you do? That is a good question. You're like on the ground, and your leg is hurt. I'm just going to try to roll out from under the bear. I got a three. Okay. You create the aspect that has one for use on it, and it tries to slam down on you. It's fierce, and this thing moves so fast and savagely, and it raises up and slams its paws down and and roars, and, and you roll out of the way just in time. And then out of nowhere, you see something come flying in. It's this streak of sort of pale blue, and it comes flying in, and it smashes right into the grizzly bear. It's the pterodactyl. Uh, I think I just look up in shock for a second. He's creating the aspect disoriented on the bear. Is it my turn then? And then it is your turn, yes. While it is kind of like fighting the the pterodactyl off or swatting at it, uh, I'm going to pull out uh, my knife. Yeah, you have a big Bowie knife, right? Yeah. Yeah, and just kind of see the moment and run up and jump on its back and sink this thing into its neck. Pull. And it makes this very startled sound and it stands up fast and throws you off on its back and your leg flares up in pain and it sort of stumbles, turns, and falls down and dies. Whew. All right. I think almost out of habit, I have like a treat pulled out and I'm like, all right, good boy, uh, to the pterodactyl, as I have done many times with like eagles, uh, uh, giant eagles while hunting. Yeah, and it swoops in and grabs it right out of your hands. Yeah. And kind of flies up. 
and circles, and then it comes down, and it lands right on your shoulder. Looks you in the eyes, and it uh, barfs up the big fish right oh now. 